0: Yeah. 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 Chrome hearts at the Caesar's Palace. I was a sneaker savage, undefeated baggage. K bar, you could be established. A
1: two thirties that's yeah, sixty nine.
0: You eat a salad while you
1: Monday night, mano a mano,
2: Monday at the with, the with my brother at Kenny T. Kenny T, how's it going, <laughs> fam? You already know man we here for that good smoke that good Monday conversation we ready to destroy this bro lots of not even lots some some good boxing this weekend something to be excited for it's not like the previous one
1: 100% i had to uh
2: adjust the camera get
1: up in hd for all of the people that watch our show live all right big up first out of the gate to my brother JC Second, Nando Jama's third, Major Key Boxing. What up, homies? Protection face for the fans. And uh, look, we got, we got some stuff to talk about today, fam. We got some boxing news to talk about today, and I want to get right up in it. But first of all, I got to let people know that I'm bringing the boxing news daily, all right, daily. I'm bringing the boxing news. So check out the channel regularly because I'm going to be dropping the news and you're going to be checking me out. Check out the boxing news every single day. So that's the first thing. Number two, I got to big up all of the people that were tuning into what I've called Maestro TV, Kenny. All right, I had a bunch of people hanging out with me on Saturday between the fights checking out the uh, HBO legendary nights. And I had some other people checking out some classic HBO boxing throughout the weekend. I'm going to be doing that more often. I got a pretty big library of uh, HBO content, some Showtime content too, but I'm a little bit partial to Jim Lampley, right? Larry merchant, Roy Jones, Jr. Max Kellerman, big George Foreman, and many of the other people that have graced the HBO airwaves over the years. And uh, salute to you, Nando, who's tuning in with me. And uh, I I wanted to put up the uh, 24 sevens, Kenny. I'm going to wait until next week to do the 24 sevens, but I'm going to set up something where I regularly stream some stuff out of the Maestro library. All right. Trinidad Vargas was up there, Deloria, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez was up there. All right, we had a Tyson fight or two. We had some Holyfield fights over there over the weekend. So check that out. Every now and again, I'll be making sure that I put up that. And, you know, watch the old fights, chat with each other, drop some comments. All right, watch those documentaries. Or we keep the boxing discussions going between mano a mano and punchlines. All right, Kenny, look, I'm going to throw it to you. Right, because we talked about this before the weekend, and I want to talk to you about it now that the weekend has gone and come. All right, Derek Chazora All right, you were you were concerned about the brother's health and safety. All right, as were some other people. So I want your opinion about what you saw this past weekend live from the O2 in London. It was Derek Tezora taking on Kubrat Pulev, who prior to this. Loss that he took to Chisora had only lost to Klitschko, Vladimir, that is, and AJ. So, Kenny, give give us your thoughts on Chisora Pulev from this past weekend.
2: Well, uh, I'm going to go on here and say that I still think that Chisora should retire. I saw damn near the same exact Chisora. I just saw a fighter against him that was not as capable or as willing as the other fighters that uh, Chisora has recently fought. As Chisora himself said, oh, damn, it feels great to finally get a win. I can't remember the last time I won. When was the last time I won? 2012, you know what I'm saying? I think that it's time for the man to retire regardless of him getting this win. Honestly, I'm unsure whether he actually won this fight. You know, it was extremely close. There was moments, like, if you ask me, it depends. Is, is This is one of those beauty is in the eye of the beholder type of fights because it could have been scored either way. I had Pulev winning, but whatever. You know, some people say, oh, well, you know, Chisora found a way to land a big shot, at least a big shot or two in every round, and Pulev, well, not so much. I mean, if, if that's what you like, if that's what you're seeing, sure, whatever, but I still think it's time for Chisora to retire. He was still gassed out and tired. He still got buzzed nicely. Like, pretty. he got pretty buzzed at a certain point in the fight. I don't remember what round it was. But even if, I just, I don't see him doing well against top-level opposition. He's like, oh, Deontay Wilder next. Deontay Wilder next. Please, no. Please, no. Do not go fight Deontay Wilder next. Stop it. Go retire like you should have done last fight. You won this fight because the judges gave it to you. They handed it to you, not because you convincingly won this fight. Let's let us not get carried away. Let's not get too hyped. Let, let, let's not call Deontay Wilder out, please.
1: So, look, I agree with you at least on one thing there, which is that you could have easily given Kubrat Pulev that fight, okay? Uh, I felt that in a lot of rounds, Kubrat Pulev was really the one – I would say managing distance very effectively, uh, touching Chisora up with the jab, kind of taming him with the right hand and left hook, using good footwork, especially for a man of his age, 41 years old. I thought that the ring generalship was definitely on the side of Kubrat Pulev for a lot of the rounds. And what would happen, and I'm sure you saw this, Kenny, is that out of nowhere, Chisora would kind of land something in retaliation of what K- Pulev was doing. But it would literally be like one big shot. And very rarely did that shot seem to really hurt Pulev in any significant way. But the crowd went absolutely crazy. And my, my issue with a lot of this, Kenny, and, you know, forgive me because I'm about to go in on this real quick, okay? Forgive me for doing this. But one of the reasons... Get him, get him. One of the reasons I really have a tough time scoring these fights at home is because I get really distracted with commentary. And in this case, I was very distracted by the commentary of David Hay and by the scorecard of Tony Bellew, who I felt neither of these two guys should have been involved in this fight. On one hand, you've got David Hay's former manager who clearly favors the guy providing color commentary. On the other hand, you had a guy in Tony Bellu, who's pronounced in many forums that he's a great friend of David Cesora, turning in a scorecard. And what was most alarming to me, Kenny, was this. And look, call me crazy, uh, but this is this is insanity to me. Okay. This is nothing short of insanity. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna really, I really wanna kind of almost zoom in on this. So bear with me for a second here. But Look at Tony Bellew. You'd think that Tony Bellew was in the corner of Derek Chisora, and the reason was he was in the corner of Derek Chisora. But by the way, uh, Tony Bellew, who, by the way, has a producer's earpiece in his ear, also happened to be turning in a scorecard for this fight on behalf of the zone. Excuse me, Kenny, but how does a good friend of a fighter who – is going up between rounds to encourage that fighter and tell him to throw looping left or right hands, right, while wearing an earpiece because he's working for the zone. Can you explain to me how that guy is in a position to turn in a scorecard for the fight? Really? Like, what is... Look, I've never seen something this unprofessional from a broadcast team since I've been watching boxing. Literally, I haven't. To their credit... When Andre Ward was on HBO, and shout out to all of the people that were watching HBO with me this weekend, all right? I was streaming a bunch of old HBO content. You know, Andre Ward would have to recuse himself, right? If Roy Jones had a relationship with a fighter, Roy Jones would recuse himself. They they did the same thing uh, m- most recently with Flores on ESPN uh, Well, with, with Andre Ward. When he was fighting, Andre Ward would recuse himself because he's got a relationship to the fighter. Uh, Excuse me, but how does a member of the broadcast team wearing a broadcast team earpiece who's doing the scorecard for that broadcaster think that it's okay to go into the corner during a fight and encourage a fighter like he's a member of a team? Kenny, have you seen anything like this before?
2: Definitely not. It's extremely unacceptable. Uh, he's definitely lost a lot of respect for me since he retired as a fighter. I used to really enjoy Tony Bellew as a fighter. And he, you know, he used to come out with a dog on, in him. He used to always be res- respectful uh, after the shit talk. Obviously, after the fight, he was always respectful. Oh, very man-like in his behavior and the way that he fought. And then he retires and he becomes this announcer. And he's a terror. He's terrible on the scorecards. Terrible with his commentary, and then he's doing shit like this helping out his boy who is fighting in the ring. It's just terrible. Why is he helping him out? He has extra insight and information coming in through those earpieces, and that he's seeing on the screen that fighters don't have information that Kubra Pulev is not getting. So it does make it unfair. I do hope he gets some type of slap on the wrist. Uh, shit, I Honestly, I don't want to see him commentating no more. I find his commentating to be extremely biased, terrible. I don't enjoy it. It's not it's not entertaining. It, it's actually annoying. But I don't hope he loses a job over this. I hope he loses a job over being a bad commentator. For this, I hope to get some type of fine or something, they, they, they let him know this can't be happening. Make an example of him. This cannot be happening, not in that broadcasting team, and not in any other broadcasting team in the sport of boxing.
1: Fam, I've never heard of anything like this in my life. And, again, it's yet another example of why I find it very difficult from kind of a methodological, ethical perspective to turn in my own scorecard when I'm seeing the fight through the lens of this broadcast. Because on the one hand, okay, it's biased by what I'm hearing. It's biased from the camera angles that I'm seeing. It's biased by the scorecards that are being turned in. So that's just straight my sensors going, going off. The other thing, too, is it then brings out another side of me. It's like now it's like I'm starting to feel like the fix is in against Pulev, And maybe now I'm starting to look at rounds that were kind of possibly Pulev rounds that maybe shouldn't have been. I It, it really just messes up everything. From a subjective, sorry, an objective perspective, in terms of looking at a fight, uh, th- this is why one one of the reasons again why I have such a problem with the sofa, uh, couch, you know, a lazy boy chair, you know, uh, r- uh, scorecards that I see all over Twitter, right? That I see on Instagram, that I see all. All are on YouTube well I, I had, had Chazoura winning that fight clearly of course you fucking did you, you had you had the uh, Tony Bellu scoring the fight you also had David I David Hay Kenny had Chazoura up seven rounds to zip after the first seven seven rounds seven rounds to nothing that was the professional commentary being provided by David Hay. Okay. And then again, again, I, earpiece, Tony, right? Submitting the scorecard. What? The earpiece, Tony. Earpiece Tony. And, and and another thing, I didn't even think of what you just said, Kenny. That was a brilliant point, by the way, when you said that he has inside information. He's got a producer's earpiece in his ear. He He's getting the commentary of what's going on in the corner on the other. Like, I'm I'm sorry, this cannot be allowed to happen again, all right? And could it be argued that Chizora won the fight? Probably. I haven't rewatched it. I'm just telling you that when I was watching the fight, watching all of this stuff going on, I'm saying to myself, damn, Kubat Pulev is really up against it tonight. Kubat Pulev is like a Sisyphus, or you're rolling that boulder up the mountain, and every time he gets to the top, he finds himself down at the bottom again, it, what? Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, Kenny. Uh, that that's that's all I have to say on that fight. Now,
2: you can ring no- the bell for yourself because your points were golden.
1: Appreciate that, Kenny. You know, some let me a little Barry Horowitz moment right there. A little pat on the back, courtesy of KT. So uh, that that's that's the fight. Okay. At the end of the day. It wasn't really a meaningful fight in the heavyweight division, if we're going to be real, right? Neither of these two dudes is going to be fighting for a title in their next fight. Neither of these guys is going to be in a mandatory position, all right? Uh, So in the grand scheme of things, it was a payday for both of these guys, one of whom was 41 years old, right? It was kind of a loser leaves town type of event where the winner goes on, maybe to another fight, maybe to be a a gatekeeper. Um, But... In the grand scheme of things, you know, it it wasn't really that important to the heavyweight division. Yes, Tony P, as usual, with the gems, Tony pugilism. It was a gatekeeper payday. It's about to be another gatekeeper payday. Now, listen, here's what I think. And I said this earlier before I went live. I'm going to throw it right back at to you in case you want a, a, a comeback on this one. Right. Uh. But count, count me amongst the guys that don't really have a problem with the Deontay Wilder fight, and I'll tell you why. All right? Prior to going live here, I dropped my daily news little thing that I'm doing now every single day. So check those out, okay? Well, I went over a news report that basically surmised Tony, uh, not Tony Pugilism, but Tony Bellew's opinion on uh, this potential fight. He doesn't like the fight for Derek Chisora. He doesn't want Derek Chisora to take the fight with Wilder because he sees this as a very dangerous fight for Chisora. All right, it possibly is a very dangerous fight for Chisora, but if you are ever going to fight Deontay Wilder, I would argue that now is the best time to do it. You're talking about a Wilder who's been inactive, a Wilder who's coming off two straight brutal knockouts to Tyson Fury, and a Wilder who we don't really know the level he's at, Right? The other thing, too, is that Tony Bellu was interestingly a, a few uh, years ago talking about fighting Wilder himself, you know, they had that moment where they were kind of facing off with each other. You know, if Derek is going to get one last uh, shot at a major fight, might as well make it Wilder, might as well make it Wilder that, that, that because only oh, because specifically of the two knocked out knockout losses and because of the inactivity Um I can't think of many other names that I would want to see Derek Chisora in with now, to be honest with you, unless it's maybe a Daniel Dubois, uh, maybe a Dillian White rematch. Uh, but that's about it. Kenny?
2: Uh, I just don't see. See, if we're going to call uh, call him the gatekeeper, Del Boy, that is, right? I don't see why Deontay Wilder needs to fight a gatekeeper. I don't see why – maybe Daniel Dubois could fight a gatekeeper, right? Maybe Joe Joyce could fight a gatekeeper, right? Uh, maybe your boy Kyle Nafkik, who's lost a lot of the recent fights, Helanius, and all these other guys who are trying to get to a level where they're considered as contenders or, or, or high-level heavyweights. But dudes like Deontay Wilder, Dillian White, Joseph Parker, uh, Andy Ruiz – not Luis Ortiz, he shouldn't even be fighting Ruiz. Ruiz is a joke for that one, but uh, yeah, fighters of that level they don't need to fight no gatekeeper. So it tells me who the hell is there for Chisora to fight. If he does fight Deontay Wilder, he's gonna get hurt. You know what? Maybe he should fight Deontay Wilder so Deontay Wilder could finally help him retire. Because I'll tell you, I like, I don't want to see him boxing anymore. It, Unless I see him getting punched heavy and getting hurt, it's not entertaining anymore because it's all a bunch of grabbing and wrestling and sloppy heavyweight shit and heavy breathing. It's, there's barely any skill uh, uh, when it comes to uh, what Chisora, what I've seen Chisora doing more so as he continues on fighting and fighting. Every single fight of his, you'll see more holding and grabbing than his previous fight. I don't want to see that. We want yeah, like to I, see that against top level dudes. I think it's time for him to go. And if you, and if him fighting Deontay Wilder helps him retire, then fuck it, I'm all for it. I'm. All, I, you may have just convinced me, my Instagram.
1: I understand what you're saying, and uh, let me get let me get my retort, and then I'm going to uh, uh, right after I get to Tim Gallegos with the super chat. Thank you so much, Tim. He says, "Quote: It was my time watching Chisora. I think he has a shot at Wilder. His body shots." We're crazy. So here's the thing. If you're Derek Chisora, if you're Team Chisora, if maestro management is getting the call, right, I'd much rather lose to uh, a Derek Chisora, sorry, to a uh, a Deontay Wilder, to the the names I'm seeing here on the screen, like Lucas Brown. I wouldn't want to lose to Lucas Brown. And at the end of the day, what does a win against Lucas Brown give you? Stop it. I would rather see him lose – to to Wilder then potentially get outboxed which is probably what would happen by Frank Sanchez Wilder brings Wilder brings more pay that that that's a payday right there yeah but that fight versus right Frank right there, Deontay Deontay Wilder. Makes
2: sense. the fight versus Frank Sanchez makes sense though because Frank Sanchez could use a gatekeeper Frank Sanchez is a, is a great heavyweight boxer that isn't really known like that and and he could use a dude like Del Boy on their resume because that will put him in the conversation of, oh, well, maybe he should fight Delia White. Oh, maybe he should fight uh, uh, Dubois or or Joyce or, or you know. K- on K- KT, I get
1: that, right? But my management was getting the call from Team Chisora. If I'm getting the call for Team Sanchez, yeah, all the way, let's try to get that Del Boy victory because he probably would outbox Del Boy, right? But that would, be, that would not do anything for, for, for Del Boy in terms of – beating him doesn't really do that much. Losing to him, to me, is worse than losing to the former heavyweight champion of the world in Deontay Wilder, who still brings the dollars to the game. Just my opinion. Um, we got another super chat I want to get to. Nando, he says – how about Jared Anderson versus Pulev? That's a good one. And Pulev's got that relationship with top rank, with Bob Aram. And of course, Jared Anderson is a top rank fighter. So that one that one makes sense.
2: That one may, that, we that can, one we could may- put Anderson versus Chisora. Pulev just lost. We don't we don't want to see Pulev against anybody. Bye. I'm sorry, Pulev. It, you got an a, a unlucky controversial loss decision. I think you're done for, bro. You lost, You got a loss against Chisora, my guy. Stop playing. Any Anybody who considers themselves a top-level heavyweight should be walking through Chisora right, right at this point right now. So I'd like to see more so Jared Anderson versus Chisora. Well,
1: you know, one thing I've learned in my time conversating with a lot of people from the UK about boxing is that they'll pay to see guys that they like lose over and over and over again. All right, so... You know, maybe maybe this thing will last forever with Chizora. I don't really know. Um, you know, but but we'll see. Look, I think he he's fought to live another day. That's that that's what I I observe. He if he wants another fight, the fight is there for him, right? Pulov can go on again too. The the only question is, can he to what effect? Like to what point? Like why do it unless it's just for money? And you know, you're you're you're, you're in financial straits, and you just need to to fight. To, to to keep maintaining your lifestyle or whatever the case may be you know uh any last thoughts on Pulev or Chisora
2: nah man I just hope Chisora tires Pulev he I thought he won that fight unfortunately he didn't get denied I didn't rewatch we'll see I'll check it out again but I don't know what there's left for Pulev he took a loss it just is what it is he lost to Chisora man yeah, it's true. I mean, prior to this, his only two
1: losses were to Vladimir Klitschko and AJ. You know, two... Well, in and, and, and I wouldn't say two yet, but uh, Vladimir Klitschko's a Hall of Famer. I don't know if AJ will be, but we'll, we'll see how... A lot of AJ's future depends on how he does in this Usyk rematch. You know, and we'll, we'll see how AJ goes from there. Moving on, Kenny. There was another big fight this past weekend, okay? Um... You know, moving on from the Pulev Chizora fight, we got to go straight to Maxayo Vargas. All right, Ooh. it was it was live on Showtime on the undercard. We saw the Heartbreak Kid, Brandon Figueroa, get another stoppage victory this time at 126 pounds. And then in the main event, in another fight featuring a former 122 pounder in Vargas, trained by Hall of Fame, all time great trainer. Ignacio Nacho Beristain, all right, he took on Mark McSayo, right, the Filipino prodigy of none other than Manny Pacquiao himself, trained by none other than Freddie Roach himself, okay? But I got to tell you, man, we talked about it over the phone earlier. It, it just seemed to be the same patterns over and over again from McSayo. Right, bum, bum rushing in either with a one-two combination or a wild hook, or or you know, it, or it, it, it. There didn't really seem to be anything out of the ordinary from Magsayo, and honestly, I felt that Vargas had he decided not to engage, not to fight in that kind of a more fan-friendly action style fight. It would have even been more a uh, wide than I actually thought it was. I, I saw Vargas comprehensively outbox and hurt at times Mark McZio and clearly win the fight. It, it wasn't close to me at all. What did you see, Kenny?
2: I completely agree with you. It was it was not close to me at all. Some people say that uh, uh, Ray Vargas won the controversial decision. I've seen several people saying that. I don't, I don't agree with that. I think Ray Vargas 100% won that decision. I think Ray Bar- Vargas is the better boxer with the better jab the better reach the better gas tank uh and he he just seems to be a much wiser fighter at least from what we saw in the ring he knew when to go to the body he knew when to jab he knew when to punch in combination and he knew when to get the fuck out of the way he didn't just stay there and get hit when he didn't have to get hit yes at some points he got a little risky and he threw a couple extra punches and he got downed in the fight but i think he looked fucking amazing his speed was great the power he threw his punches with. It wasn't career-ending, fight-ending power, but it was enough power to push back and hurt. He he definitely hurt Triple M, aka Magnifico. He definitely hurt him to the body. And I thought he was gonna knock him out when he hurt him to the body. It was in the in the mid to later rounds. I can't remember what round it was, but he definitely hurt him to the body. And uh McZayo showed it. He started backing up, he showed it in his face like he started like he started showing weakness in his face and, and, and I'm so so surprised that Ray Vargas didn't finish him off but I don't think Ray Vargas is necessarily a finisher he's more like a like an intelligent boxer that would was just outclass and outbox you for the damn near duration of the fight especially after he got knocked down I didn't see him stepping back into danger after he got knocked down uh, but Vargas did what he had to do big praise to that man uh and yo, back to the drawing board for McSayu. I didn't think he was gonna win that fight anyway. I didn't think uh, that he would have won the fight against a healthy Gary Russell Jr. I don't necessarily give him credit for that Gary Russell Jr. championship uh win that he had uh, champion win that he got with the belt. I don't give him respect for that. And you know what? Ray Vargas won the belt, and now I'd love to see Gary Russell Jr. versus Ed Rey Vargas. He should he should make his, his nickname El Ray. So, they, so, when they announce him, it's just El Rey Vargas. Well, like
1: it says right here, Kenny, uh, we're talking about the 126 pound king. Because for those of you who don't know, now you know, Ray is king in Espanol. And that's exactly what he is. I mean, he went in there and he beat the man that beat the man in Gary Russell Jr. Uh, the longest reigning title holder in boxing at the time, I believe, and definitely the longest reigning title holder in the 126-pound division. Uh, He beat Mark McSire, who beat Gary Russell Jr. Now, there were a lot of issues with that Gary Russell fight, most notably the fact that he fought one-handed for most of it, most notably the fact that he went into that fight with a pre-existing injury that he didn't tell anybody about um, and decided to fight with anyways. Maybe that was a little bit uh, arrogant. I don't know. Uh, It didn't work out for him. Going to Nando. Nando says, HBK, so the Heartbreak Kid, and Esqueleto on the same card. He seemed to really like it. Now look, going into this fight, I was surprised that a lot of other people weren't really that high or as high on on Vargas. Um, This is a guy who held the WBC 122-pound championship for over three years and only really had to give it up due to injury and then COVID happened. But when you look at the people he fought, all right, uh, Tomoki Kameda, he's a really good fighter, and he won the title by having to go over to England to the Hull Arena in Hull to beat Gavin McDonald um and that's not easy to do to be a british fighter on on british home soil uh and, and he fought good fighters um up until he 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 moved up in weight and he was very impressive you could see the nacho stain imprint on him w- with the with the good jab right uh with the counter punching and when he needed to go to the trenches and go to war he did it and as you said kenny he hurt McSyle. like you could see it that he did that multiple times especially to the body let's go to chauncey pearls thank you sir for the super chat chauncey says the only controversy was it was a split decision i saw vargas beating maxio by ud i think i gave McSayo four rounds if that ding the bell another time because that was 100 on the money 100 on the money go for it
2: mute kenny Pardon, pardon, apologies. I have to shout this, shout this one comment out because it had me dying while you were speaking. Which Dewary? one? Dory Jones Jr. says, McZayo was doing the Euro steps, looking like Ginobili, bro." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean,
1: he was really trying to close the distance in a in a in an interesting way, and I know Tony took issue with with me saying that Pulev had had decent footwork. What I meant when I said that is that he closed the distance very well on Chisora when he needed to get into range. He got in there very effectively, he used a jab, he used the right hand, he'd hook and then he'd get out of range uh, every now and again, Chizora would land these counters. But for the most part, he was in and out to me, footwork doesn't have to be flashy. It's getting to the spot and getting out of the spot. And that's what, that's what he was able to do. That's what Ray Vargas was able to do. And look, Mike Sio wasn't able to do that. Look, I don't have an issue with McSyle. Uh, I think that many Pacquiao uh, comparisons really end at the fact that they're both Filipino and both fought or fight in the smaller weight classes. Manny Pacquiao was a southpaw. is an orthodox. Manny Pacquiao was faster, stronger, quicker, more dynamic, and honestly had a much higher ring IQ than than, than McSyle has right now. Um, so, like, we need to stop it with the comparisons with Pacquiao. We just need to need to do that. We'll see where he goes back. But let's talk about let's talk about the hundred and twenty six pound division real quick. Right. Let's talk about Ray Vargas, because, you know, Kenny, you don't have problems with the streets. I don't have problems with the streets. Right. But in boxing, there's problems with the streets because the fight I would really like to see the most is Emmanuel Navarrete the WBO champion who's aligned himself with top rank and ESPN against Ray Vargas, the WBC champion who's aligned obviously with the PBC and who just fought on Showtime. That's the fight failing that I don't mind Leo Santa Cruz. The problem I have with Leo Santa Cruz is why the fuck does he still have a title at 126 pounds that he hasn't defended in damn well near three years. That makes no sense to me. Uh, Believe it or not, he's the super champion. Lee Wood is the regular champion. I think Ray Vargas beats all of these dudes, to be honest with you. I think the closest fight is Emmanuel Navarrete or the guy that you brought up, Gary Russell Jr. Give me your thoughts, Kenny. Yeah, I don't know if I want to see
2: him against Navarrete. You know, Navarrete has a lot of fans, but I'm not one of them. Uh, I think he has a funny-looking style. I think uh, he gets hit a hell of a lot. I think there's points where he looks like he could get knocked out or TKO'd out. And I think I don't think he's that skilled. I don't want to see him uh, uh, against uh, Navarrete because I think that that's a fairly easy win for Ray Vargas. Uh, I would like to see him against Santos Snooze, specifically because. We need to get rid of that fake 126 title holder that hasn't fought in 126 in forever. So if it, either um, he needs to put, I think I would like to see him push that pedal so that Santa Cruz eventually says, "Okay, fine, I'm not going back to 126 pounds," and decides to finally give up the belt, and he could fight somebody else like a Gary Russell Jr. for that's the that's the only fight that there is for him right there. Uh, I'm going
1: to throw some names at you. Talk to me.
2: Let's go for
1: it. All right. And you just give me a one-word response. Robeses Ramirez. That's a
2: good
1: one. You like that one? I like that one. Who you got, Vargas or Ramirez?
2: Uh, That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'm I'm not going to give you one on that one right now. What about the man that put
1: Mike... Conlin through the ropes in Nottingham. I'm talking about Lee Wood, the WBA Reggie belt title holder.
2: Bargains got that easy.
1: What about Gary Russell Jr.?
2: That's a great fight. I got. It. I'd love to see it. Yeah, man. Listen, I, I tell
1: you what. These, these are stacked, and you know what's funny about this too. Right below this division, we've got Stephen Fulton Jr. Right, Ray Vargas just arrived. He ain't going anywhere. He's gonna stay planted at 126 pounds for a minute. You know, you want to know what? What Stephen Fulton Jr. or uh, you know McDowell have unified these titles? I could see them moving up to 126. Right, we got Brandon Figueroa. What do you think about that matchup?
2: Um, I think he beats Brandon Figueroa too. I, I, a lot of people are gonna say, "Oh, you crazy, Brandon Figueroa! Knock him out easy." I don't know yeah, about that. Yeah, right. Brandon Figueroa is a sloppy, volume punch throwing dude, and Ray Vargas is an excellent boxer. He'll footwork his way the fuck out of there.
1: I uh, listen. I, I can't wait to see some of these matchups at 126 pounds. I mean, I, I'm it's it it's about to go back to the days of Barrera Morales for me at 126. It's about to go back to the days when Pacquiao was at 126. I mean, the 120, Prince Nazim Ahmed, 126. The 126 pound division right now, Tony Pugilism said it. It is hot. Yeah. It's hot. It's soca hot right now. I know Tony's probably a big soca fan. All right. It's soca hot over there at 126 pounds. And I'm looking forward really, to any of these fights, if I'm going to be honest with you. So, look, um, one of my favorite divisions in the sport is that one. But you know what else is one of my favorite divisions in the sport, Kenny, right now? 115 pounds. Look at the top right corner of that screen. All right? I'm talking about none other than Kazuto Ioka, the WBO World Junior Bantamweight champion taking on Donny Nietes in the rematch and if you don't know you're about to know this is a very very good fight all right and people may not agree with me throwing this out there but these are two all-time great fighters don't believe me okay Donnie Nietes is a world champion in four weight classes. He held the WBO mini flyweight title from 2007 to 2011. The WBO and Ring Magazine junior flyweight title from 2011. And he also held it in 2016. He's held the IBF flyweight title. From 2017 to 2018, the WBO Junior bantamweight title from 2018 to 2019. He's the longest reigning Filipino boxing world champion, surpassing the 2014 um record set by 1967 Boxing Hall of Famer Gabriel Flash Elorde. All right? He he that is how long a world champion is due. It's 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 literally. Pacquiao, Nietes, Elorde, and you could probably throw in Nonito up there in terms of Filipino all-time great fighters. That's Donnie Nietes. And by the way, this is a rematch of a fight I remember watching. It took place in Macau back in 2018. It was a split decision win for Nietes over Ioka. This is the rematch of that fight. And by the way, don't think I'm sleeping on Kazuto Weoka uh, because I'm not. Uh, he's also another fantastic fighter, multiple uh, weight world champions. Uh, world champion has has won more titles in any division uh, than, than any other Japanese fighter, I believe. Uh, I'll look that up in a moment. But this is a fight between two all-time great fighters. This is a rematch of a great fight, a split decision fight where... Don Nietes won the first time. The problem for Nietes, though, looking into this rematch, though, Kenny, is that Nietes is now forty years old, which is very old for one hundred and fifteen pounds. All right, um, but it, it's gonna be it's gonna be an action packed fight. It's gonna be a war, and I just wish someone was broadcasting this in the United States. That was one of the questions I had for Eddie Hearn when I interviewed him when he was here in New York City for the Canelo Triple G uh, press conference. I said, look, you guys are invested in 115 pounds. You got Chocolatito. You've got uh, 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 Estrada. You've now got Bam Rodriguez. Why are you not showing Kazuto Iyoka's fights? Is there an impediment to it? He said there isn't, but here we are. This fight is taking place Wednesday morning in Japan. I see no reason why this shouldn't be on the ESPN Plus app. It's not. That's definitely. All right. It's not going to be on the zone. It should be. That's definitely. I'm sorry, man, but these guys are dropping the ball right now. Let me go to the Super Chat by Nando, and then I'm going to go right back to you, Kenny. Super Chat. Yo, the WBO just ordered Zurdo versus B- Bivo. Shout out to the homeboy, KO Kenny. Skip, Bayless. There we go. <laughs> We're about to get it. We're going to go in on that in a moment. Don't, don't. We are about to go in on that in a moment. But uh Kenny talk to me about the Ioka and and uh, and Yetis. Any short thoughts?
2: Um, well it's something that I was looking at on box rec right now, and somebody mentioned in the comments as well. What is up with those six draws that uh Donny Nietzsche has? I mean, it, it it doesn't necessarily tarnish his greatness. His great he's he's great regardless, his greatness is greatness. It takes a lot to you know, not lose a fight. But I wonder how you get six draws. Like, draws are damn near fucking impossible. You you barely see draws in boxing. How do you have six of them? You want to know what it is?
1: And this is just me off the top of my head, right? Uh, for a long time in these lower weight classes, you didn't have a, no- a lot of knockouts, right? And he has knocked people out, but a lot of his fights have also gone the distance, right? So when you have 12 rounds, this has always been my problem with 12 rounds, uh, there should always be an odd round to fin or an odd number of rounds when you're scoring fights. I- in my perfect world, there would be odd because it's a less likely chance that you're going to end up with uh, draws. Because, Kenny, if you win six rounds and I win six rounds, it's an even fight. You know what I mean? Whereas if you win seven rounds and I win six rounds, well, you win the fight. Um, so, you know, it-, it is what it is. Uh, it-, it is a good question. It's something that definitely. requires a little bit more for for further research, but I think probably right off my head, it's a combination of lower weight class, fewer knockouts, even round championship fights. And, um, you know, that, that's, that is what it is. I see Drury Jones over here saying the Philippine Fido era is ending. Um, Yeah. I mean, look, Maxaya was the Philippines only world champion, right? Um, Donnie Nietes held titles for a really long time uh lower weight class a lot of people haven't been giving them his props because of it but uh yeah this is the philippines shot right here to get you know a title back back in uh you know under the fold but uh you know yeah it's 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 very look there's a lot of ebb and flows in boxing because it's happened to puerto rico as well you know puerto rico there was a time when they had a bunch of puerto rican champions and now they have you know very very few um i think that's kind of where we are right now with that as well. And, yeah, in terms of Keo- uh, Eoka, um as of 2020, he is ranked as the fourth best active super flyweight by BoxRec. You know, I think that that that's harsh. I think he should be up there a, li- a little bit higher, but it is what it is. Um, I'm going to be watching this fight. I'm really looking forward to this fight. And I think the winner of this fight should get a good opportunity uh, if you know the zone decides to let them play ball because right now the zone has frozen out Kazuto Ioka. They're working with damn we're near everybody else at 115 pounds. Kazuto Ioka is a very exciting fighter to watch. He's got a great style. He's trained by Ismail Salas, who, in my money, is is one of the best, if not the best, trainers in the sport. And he's also a trendsetter. He's the only like major Japanese fighter with tattoos, uh, something that's banned in Japan for, for fighters. He had to to fight for the right to kind of fight with tattoos, and the compromise was he had to cover them up with like a masking cream. Um, you know, he spent he spent a lot of time in 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 Mexico. You know, he's come out here to the U.S. to to to, to, to train as well. He is a globe-trotting guy. He lives, breathes, and bleeds boxing. Um, I'm a big Kazuto Ryoka fan, a big Donnie Nietes fan, and I'm really looking forward to this fight. So look, the day one, the member, the sub, the king of the subs, the king of the members, I'm calling him out, Nando. He came with the news, Kenny. So I got a question for Kenny. Are you going to put some respect on Zurdo's name?
2: He's fighting Bavar. Put some respect on his name. Let's go. No, he's gonna get beat up. He's gonna get a big bag of cash, and he's gonna get a big beating along with that. He's not winning that fight. Why would I put any respect on his name? The only way anybody gets any respect is if they win, if they do something, for, or or if they if they look great and lose. It happens. It happens. He, it happens. he look he looked great
1: against no. Sullivan Barrera. He's, oh, amazing. He looked great against Unieski Gonzalez. Fantastic.
2: He looked, he looked great against Jesse Hart. He looked, looked amazing. He did. Against yeah. Alfonso Lopez and Tommy yeah. Carpensi. Yeah, he, and, and, he looked great. <laughs> Blast off. Put some respect on his name.
1: And Nabib Ahmed. Isordo is about to go to war, if this news is right, breaking news courtesy of Nando. I haven't fact checked it yet, but if this, I, I trust Nando. WBA's ordered it, right? And, and, and if the WBA's ordered it, hopefully it will happen because there's nobody else right now for your boy Bivol to fight. There's nobody else. Canelo's got the fight with Triple G. Canelo's not taking the Bivol rematch,
2: right? Is the only reason why he's getting the opportunity, potentially. Not oh, not because he deserves it, not because that? he's so great, but because 175 is so goddamn shot shallow and the other two champs are tied up. Shallow? What when, do you when, when, when Bevo's getting a title. Not well, Bevo, what do you mean, shallow? When Zuldo's getting a, a title shot ordered, Zuldo? Oh, it's shallow.
1: It, it, it better Bebe, not shallow. Bevo, not shallow. Craig Richards. Craig Richards. Come on now. You like you, you were going you were saying on Twitter you love
2: Craig Richards.
1: I ain't, said, I, ain't, I, I
2: ain't say all that. I, I said, said Craig Richards will beat Sudo. What about your boy Anthony Yard? What about him? You love him. No, no, no. You only mentioned two fighters Stop. right now, worthy. Stop it. Jean Pascal. Come on now. He's old, washed up. Come on now.
1: What about Marcus Brown?
2: He just got destroyed and he ain't look, he didn't look too good doing it. Uh, he hasn't looked good in some time, actually. He he looked very good against Pascal uh, before the headbutt shit. I thought that was mad dirty, lost a hell of a lot of respect. And then after that, it's just been downhill for Marcus Brown. There's, look, 175 is shallow. Smith Jr. is probably the third name in that list, and he just got obliterated. Well,
1: Steve Munoz knows what he's talking about. Super chat. Never thought I'd say this, but shout out the WBA. Ain't nobody trying to see Buwatsi with Bivol. Stop it, Kenny. Zordo versus Bivol does good business in Texas and <laughs> the West Coast. Book the flight because my is gonna be there. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Hopefully, you know, I, I could work my my magic. Okay, with uh with my man uh, Ricardo and get, get, get me some, some press access over there. All right. And, 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 and we'll get, we'll get it done. I, I, I got to get, I got to get out there for that fight. Cause regardless of what happens, it's going to be a good fight. I know that for sure.
2: Nah, I don't think so. But the, the way that Unieski with be. no gas tank was pouring it on Zuldo, the it's way that, the way that, that, that Bevo just did it to canelo and barely let canelo let his punches off barely let canelo land punches on him please please stop hyping zuldo up zuldo is gonna be a victim he's barely gonna land anything his footwork is barely gonna work for him he's gonna be getting some monster punches landed on him Shit, we don't see bebo knock people out but i hope he knocks him the fuck out god damn it it's
1: gonna be a good fight it's gonna be a great fight we're going to be hearing that Vincente Fernandez and then Absurdo walking down in the ring, you know, with 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 uh, the sombrero on, right? The mariachis playing in the background. Come on, Kenny. I know you're feeling it already. Anyhow, if anybody wants to call in the number 718-618-4284, I'm also, oh, I had already dropped the links to the members early, courtesy of the YouTube community page, but I'm also going to drop it now in the chat. For anybody that wants to chime in, because I know, Kenny, this has got to be a tough one for you. It's
2: I will be- give Zulido respect, though. Sorry, friends.
1: No, it's okay. This this weekend's going to be a tough one for you. Because on the one hand, you're a big fan of King Rye, Ryan Garcia. And on the other hand, he's fighting your compatriot, okay, in Fundora, right? It's going to be a good fight, Kenny. Are you looking forward to it?
2: Uh yes and no. I'm looking forward to it because I more so want to see what Ryan Garcia is going to look like under the tutelage of Mr. Gene Jacket himself. And uh I I I think Fortuna Fortuna just got he, he got beat but uh his last fight. And I don't don't think he has anymore. I think he's maybe a little older. Maybe he hadn't fought in a long time before that last fight. But he did not look like the Javier Fortuna that I had seen like three years ago. He did not look like that man. He looked like like an old, rusty version of that man. And if that is the version of Javier Fortuna that's going to go in there against Ryan Garcia, then I feel bad for him and I don't want to see it. But I do want to see the changes that Ryan Garcia has applied to his skill and his ability because he is an extremely skilled fighter and Joe Goosen don't play that shit.
1: Well, he does not play that shit. The problem facing Javier Fortuna, who I've been very high on for a very long time, um, and I felt that the split decision loss uh, back in 2018 to Robert Easter was tough. I I actually thought he won that fight. Uh, He then had the Joseph Diaz loss. I think that's the one you're talking about, right? Um, That was a unanimous decision loss. For me, the biggest challenge he has at at this at this juncture in his career is that I don't think he's a natural lightweight. He's five foot six and a half. He's kind of a little bit stocky, even kind of short for the weight class. He does have kind of good speed, good reflexes. uh, Tricky because he's a southpaw. Um, But Ryan Garcia is actually a very tall lightweight, and is actually a very uh, kind of a, a fast lightweight. Let me bring in Nando to see what Nando has to think. Nando, what's good, fam? Hey, what's up, Kenny? What's up, Milk? Uh, Master, how you guys doing? I'm very good. I'm my cool. brother. We're we're on a friendly basis, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know you're, you're professional right now, man. Yeah, so I'm a yeah, yeah. pro, man. Keep it pro. Oh, good. Hey,
3: hey, I'm I'm hell excited for that uh, Twizzle versus uh Bebo fight, man. I think that's a good fight, man. Like, like I I favor Bebo, right? A, just a little bit, not 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 as much as uh, some of these guys are trying to do out here. Like he's number five pound for pound. I, I don't think he's that great. Man. I think he like is- like KO Kenny or Canelo, man. Huh? Like
2: KO Kenny.
3: <laughs> you know what, Kenny? Hey, I, I agreed with you when he was with top rank. I could I didn't like Torzo at all, man. He was hard to watch. He was monotonous. But I don't know what it is, man. Ever since he came back, out a free agency and signed with Golden Boy. I'm not. I'm not giving Golden Boy the credit, but. He seems, seems like he has an attitude, just He's a little more aggressive.
1: I got two and, names uh, for more you. And he's wearing
3: team watch now. Two names yeah, for more you. Watch.
1: Two names mm. for you. Julian Chua, big fan of his training with Zordo. He's turned Zordo around. Like Zordo is now an offensive force to be reckoned with. He's like he's like the 175 pound version of the juggernaut with way more skills.
2: You mean the 201 pound version?
1: No, he. Yeah. Hey, that weight cut ain't no joke, Kenny. That, that's a significant size advantage. He, that's not easy to do. But to, I mean that that that's been it for me. Uh, that's been it for me, uh, uh, Nando. I think Julian Tru has done a tremendous job with him in terms of getting him offensive, uh, getting him to, to really commit to the body attack. And then getting him to really sit down on his punches and get guys out of there, you can even hear him telling him these things between rounds in the ring. That's been a great thing, man. Like, whoever that Julian Schu is,
3: I had never heard of him before. But he's got that that, uh, Manuel Stewart, rest in peace, uh, magic. You know, If if he did do that for a sort of, you know, gave him a whole attitude change and made him more aggressive, man. That's exactly what he needed. He was hard to watch, man. I agree with Kenny. When he was a top rank and he was on TV, I would just, I would even you know, follow the watch, man. But whatever, whatever happened with Julie Chua, he's been fun to watch, man. And I'm also excited for the fight this to weekend, too, man. I don't know. I think this, uh, this fight this weekend is kind of sneaking under the radar for some reason, I think, uh, Fortuna is a solid opponent, capable of pulling off the upset. And it's a good fight this weekend, also, man. But
2: don't sleep on Fortuna, man. It's just that, uh, uh um, Fortuna got, guy- pretty badly beat. He got picked apart by Jojo Diaz. And I think that Ryan Garcia is better than Jojo Diaz. Uh, Devin Haney obliterated Jojo Diaz. And I I I have Ryan Garcia on the level of Devin Haney, not on the level of Jojo. You know what I'm saying I think Ryan Garcia, if JoJo beat Ryan uh, uh uh Javier Fortuna, then it should be a walk in the park for Ryan Garcia.
1: We'll see, except that Ryan Garcia didn't look too good in his last fight either, can you know he? Go, go, go for it, Nando. Well, I just I just think like and I don't like to
3: do this because it's not really fair to anybody, but like, let's compare Fortuna to like Raleigh Romero, right? I mean I would pair Fortuna in a fight with Raleigh Romero, you know. And, oh, I'm, me not too. So definitely. Yeah, and I'm not paying price Yeah, I'm not paying pre prices for the fight this weekend, you know. So I am happy with this fight this weekend. It's solid and it keeps boxing going in the right direction. But I would I would hope all these fights lead to a Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia fight. I think they both need each other, and hopefully uh, politics doesn't get in the way. Hey, I'm going to let you guys get back. You guys want to call because I'm really excited about that sort of fight versus oh, people, too. man. That's a fight I really wanted, man. Yeah, Thank let, you.
1: Then, then no, let's link up if it's on the West Coast. I'll definitely head out for that one. And, uh, definitely, I really, homie, definitely, I man. Really, we got to meet up, homie. we got to meet up. 100, and I really <laughs> want right. to really thank you for being the day one in supporting the channel, bro. Really appreciate it.
3: Hey, homie, you make it easy, man. You and Kenny, you put in good work, man. Good, hard work. You guys are honest and fair, man. That's all anybody can ask an for, man. Thank, Thank you. you.
1: so much. You take oh, care, you Nando. Right. That was Nando right there. We got Puro Sur up next, and then we've got a newcomer, Snowflake. Uh, Puro Sur, you're up. What's good?
4: What's up, fellas? What's up, Kenny? What's
1: going on? Maestro, what's going on? Yo, yo. Good, good, good. I like that avatar. Like that, thank you.
4: Thank you. I just created it the other day, man. I was like, everybody's got a logo except for me. So I'm like, let me create one right quick. It took me like three seconds.
1: Yeah, hey, it That's, looks dope. It, it looks dope, bro. So what's good? Yeah, what's it,
4: cooking? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, nothing, not much, man. Uh, uh, I saw you guys were cooking about um the uh Zurdo and Bivel and then Ryan and uh Fortuna fight this weekend. I'm, I'm I'm gonna be at that fight. Uh it's my first time watching Ryan fight, actually. Um, all oh, right. Nice. Yeah, so that's that's cool. I uh, was gonna say, um, uh, I was I, w- I was hearing you saying that uh, you can in fact check Nando's, uh, um, you know, report or whatever. But I saw on Twitter that the WBA mandated it. Cool. So, uh, but we all we all know that that could be you know taken back and stuff like
2: that. Yeah. Um, Who what, what, what you got, Ryan, Ryan or Javier?
4: Oh, I got Ryan. I got Ryan. Uh, it's it's uh, I'm i uh-huh. uh, I think it's kind of a, a step backwards to be honest. Even though I uh, me personally, I had Fortuna beating JoJo. I was at that fight as well. Um, but, uh, but I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm more curious to see if he, uh, if he's clean, if he cleans up, um, like his, uh, like, um, like he, instead of like, uh, cause like in the last fight, like I heard you guys were talking about like, he, he looked bad. I actually thought, um, he looked, he dominated the fight. You know, it's kind of hard to knock out a dude that does, it's, it's just running away from me from 12 rounds, but I thought it would have made it easier on himself if he would have not abandoned the jab. Cause I, I think the first two rounds, he was throwing the jab beautifully and actually set up the first knockdown with the jab. And then he just threw it away. because I think he got so—I don't know—you have to talk to him, but uh, well, that, I just think he got so caught up in trying to knock this dude out because he's been gone for a year. Yeah. That he—that that, he—that he, that he couldn't. That he—he um, he was just—he got too overzealous. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I, uh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No,
1: I, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, he clearly dominated the fight, but you hit two things <clears throat> right there, the, which were led to me being critical. One is his <clears throat> he abandoned the jab, right, yeah. and then we just went head hunting, and for me. After those first couple of rounds, it was like the same thing over and over and over again. He was just like chasing him around the ring, trying to throw big shots, and wasn't like working from behind the jab, which is what I would have expected to do. And I really didn't see that many adjustments either. But go for it. He, he didn't cut and the they, ring off at
2: all either. He just followed him. I mean, I thought I thought he, I thought he, he cut off the ring.
4: Him. Fine. It's just uh, uh, I mean, the other guy's not slow. I mean, uh, like literally, it's uh, I don't know. If, uh, I mean i'm I'm sure you guys are, are well well experienced watching boxing, but it's like really, really hard to knock out a dude when they're like literally trying to run away from 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 you. like like he literally was like running away from him. but I mean that that's just my opinion. you know what I'm saying but uh, th- those are some you know um, it's a sign of immaturity to be honest in my in my experience, you know he's he's still a young dude doesn't have, doesn't have a lot of fights I think he was like twenty one. you know so but that's what I'm curious about in this fight, you know, uh, especially with this move with with Joe Goosen to see if they added anything from uh, from this is the second uh, camp with Joe, mm-hmm. and just see that he, that he uh, you know that he, be more patient, you know if if the game plan's not working just to stick to it. You
1: no. Know? So let me ask you this: you said he's regressed, uh, prospect Who? or contender right now. Who's regressed? Uh, Brian Ryan Garcia. I no, believe. I never said he regressed. I never said he regressed. Oh, I you said he went backwards. No, 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 no. Okay, maybe maybe I misheard that. I thought I heard yeah. somebody say that. Yeah. Um.
4: No, no. I said actually, what I said was, is that that I think it's going backwards, fighting Fortuna. Oh, since he had, since he had the big Luke Campbell win, I think yeah. Luke Campbell was a was a. But I, to me, you could argue Luke Campbell's like uh, uh, as good a win as anybody at the top one thirty 130, one hundred thirty five pounds. Absolutely, you what I'm
1: saying. Because I actually, but, think, at, I actually think he he regressed to to go away after Campbell, but he had that long layoff.
4: Yeah, but, that's what I I put it at. I put yeah. it as. And uh, unfortunately, like uh, with the politics, because uh, obviously he was trying to make the uh, the Pitbull cruise fight, you know, and uh, obviously that didn't go that, that, that didn't go through. So all the other uh, uh, I mean, see, I wish that one of these boxers like ended up like trying to fight the uh, like the, instead of like the dudes that we already know. But the other up and comers like a Williams of fight would have been nice. Uh, Mitchell Rivera fight would have been nice. I mean, any of these like uh, top up and coming pro- uh, contenders that we got coming up, that'd be nice for him to fight. You know, but uh, with the politics involved in boxing, I mean, it's, it's kind of tough. That That's what actually really bothers me is that we don't see if you can, if you can get the big fights like fight the dudes that are coming up, you know, because it gives you good work. And then you get to give you get to get see these guys if they guys have what it takes to take your 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 spot. You get what I'm saying?
1: Well, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head there, uh, basically, because <clears throat> you pointed out Michelle Rivera and like the politics. Well, Michelle Rivera is just aligned with the PBC. You know, Mm -hmm. um, they don't cross the street. They don't really usually cross across the street. All that Excuse my Uh, language. No, that's fine. Um, And and then you kind of look at the other top lightweights. Well, you've got Devin Haney and Gambosis and Teofimo Lopez and Lomachenko all aligned with top rank PBC, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, people are spaced out all over the place. Uh, The problem with Ryan is that he's with Golden Boy, who really doesn't have anybody of note really in any division other than um, basically Ryan Garcia uh, and uh, Zorga. And William Zapeda, right there. Yeah, Zapeda. yeah. Zapeda. Defeat and Defeated. Uh, and Virgil Ortiz at 147. But, the, 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 I mean, they're kind of struggling right now with the name. So Golden Bo- Boy fighters, to, to what I was going to get to say, there's a long way around to it. They mm-hmm. have to cross the street. Um, for the most part, uh, so I hopefully that that that, that can happen because I would like to see Ryan Garcia in a big fight, you know. Um,
4: so would I. And here's a key question: Will yo, Oscar stop the crossing of the street? Though, Well we we, it, we had Munguia and uh, Charlo ready to go, and then he brought in his uh, own last minute.
1: Just about to say that they they didn't that one didn't go through, and I believe they also they also pumped the brakes on like a fight with uh, Carlos Adamas as well.
4: I, I, I don't know about that one, but I mean, like, it's just like, I mean, I get even my my, my own homies, like, yell at me, like, no, oh, Oscar's doing a great job. I'm like, I don't know if he's pulling his one of his top fighters out of a fight, but whatever, man. I mean, I don't know the true story. You know, I just go by what I what I hear from the fighters. So it is what it As- is. Oscar's
2: doing a terrible job. Um, I think, it, yeah,
4: I think we talked about this before, Kenny. My bad, go ahead.
2: No, definitely. We did. We did. He's definitely doing a terrible job. Uh, he needs to stop, get get off of his... uh. Personal pleasures and off of trying to sell Golden Boy and uh, do what's right for these fighters. Uh, as a uh, shoe says somewhere in the comments, he's trying to sell Golden Boy with Ryan Garcia and Zulu and Mungia as undefeated fighters. And uh, the truth is, you gotta raise their stock. They're, like I, I think Zullo's duro. <clears throat> I think Ryan Garcia is great, like, but unproven. And I think Mungia is also duro. You know, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, prove to me that they're not doodle. Put them to fight some real people so that their stock raises and now everybody's believing. And then you can go sell your stupid golden boy for whatever amount of money you want.
1: Well, at least Zordo's been calling out for the big fights, Kenny. And he looks like at least he's going to get that. Um, The difference between Mungia and Zordo, and by the way, I both think they're both talented, is that. Mungui has been swerving the big fights by the looks of it. Or at least his team has. Um, you know, no no pushing for the Andrade fight at 160. Uh didn't make the fight with Charlo happen, as as Puro Sur said, for whatever reason. Um, and like I also quoted the Carlos Adame's fight. I think that one was on the books as well at at a certain point. So yeah, but look, uh, the good news is Zuro's about to get a big fight. Is Zuru he now? Is about to get a big fight, Kenny.
2: I'm word, word will to... Oscar let that go through? Exactly. Go through. thank you. Will Zuru win that fight? The answer is
4: no. I got Zuro fucking up, Bivel. But will the fight get made? That's, that's 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 the that's the key word.
2: Oh, I'm liking that talk. I'm what? liking that
1: talk. This is crazy. I'm Amen. liking that talk. That this is what's good about this fight because Bevo has proven himself to be elite. Zordo's proven himself to be the boogeyman, as I've called mm-hmm. him. And, and right now we're going to get to see the two square off, hopefully, if the WBA is able to enforce what they have said they're going to enforce. Um, and, and uh, man, that, that make that fight. If the, the great thing about this fight, there's no motherfucking street in this fight because both of these guys are aligned with the zone. And you know what? What happens if Zordo beats Bivol? Then maybe we get a little bit of Canelo Zordo. Oh I like the
2: sound. I like the sound of that. Then I like he gets a little respect. Then he gets a little respect.
1: No, you get a lot of respect at that point. Nah, he works.
4: respect should be the first thing that all these fighters get. If you like yeah. them, there's something different. That's how I do it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Any anything else, my brother?
4: Uh, actually, one more thing. I don't know if you guys saw oh, the uh, latest uh, Fight Hype with Shakur. He pretty much announced that he's moving up to 135.
1: Ooh, yeah. I got to look into that one. I might have to do a punchlines on that one. Yeah, yeah, uh, check no, it out. Check I it, it out. No, I, I thought it
4: was uh, curious, but, I mean, uh, Bob told us right I'm, after the uh, um, Valdez fight but he, what, he, what he was going to do.
1: I might have to do a punchline. Gorilla than the planet of the apes. I ride a punchline and planet on your face. Eat a punch that you ain't even got a chase. Here's a shot that you ain't even got a chase. Woo, thank you so much. You just gave me a topic right there. <laughs> no I'm problem, like, Maestro. It's my pleasure, going man. let on that one. Uh, so thank you very much, man. And uh, please keep tuning in. And uh, let everybody know where they can find you, fam.
4: Uh, Puro Sur Central Boxeo. I go live every now and then. Um, but yeah, man, everybody knows me. So peace out, fellas. All right, Kenny. I'm, right, Maestro.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Puro Sur. Appreciate it later brother. that was Puro Sur. uh bro that that's big news right there shakur going up i see the thing is kenny i'm gonna keep it real i was hoping shakur would go for undisputed at 130 because i was, I, I, I actually like those fights for him at 130 you had the uh cordina fight right and then the other champion at 130 believe it or not people forget about it is tank davis Right? I mean, th- 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 those are two good fights. Become undisputed, then move up to take Devin Haney. That's what I would have liked to see.
2: You think Tank Davis would have fought Shakur at 130?
1: Uh, no, but at least Shakur could have been calling him out and make the world know that he was swerving the fight. If he, in fact, was swerving the fight,
2: you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, see, in, the, in the interview, Shakur says that he sees the bigger fights at 135 that he doesn't really see no big fights at 130. I just and gave you two big fights. That at the eighth, This is what he said. And the, and eighth, the funny first,
1: thing so, is, he was on Twitter after Cordina knocked out Ogawa calling for that fight. So I don't understand that statement. Unless yeah. he's struggling to make weight at 130. I don't really understand that. And, um, yeah, I would have really wanted to see Shakur. Oh. The thing is, Shakur, other than going at uh, – What's this this dude's name? Dante's Boxing Nation. Was it Dante or was it somebody else? And know. it's just I forget who it was. Somebody was going at him for like bigging up Bam Rodriguez and calling him pretty much a race trader that doesn't support black fighters, which was ridiculous. And uh he went to social media and clapped back at him in a very good way. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Dante's Boxing Nation. Chat, you can correct me. Um and uh Yeah, but, I mean, he he could self-promote a little bit more because he's a good talker. He's charismatic, right? If I was Shakur, I'd be calling out Tank Davis, like, yo, when are we going to get this fight happening? Who are you fighting next? Tank, fight me, Tank. I got two belts. You got one belt. Let's go, Tank. Let's go.
2: He was talking about that at 135, Um, but I did hear recently, before I did see that interview where he mentioned uh, that he was moving up most likely. Uh, I did see the potential of a fight with him and Conceicao being set up, which I thought I thought was a great fight because, as I pre- have previously stated many, 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 many times, I thought Conceicao uh, beat Valdez when they fought. So I thought he I thought he beat Valdez too. That was some home cooking. Yes, sir. So that was
1: some home cooking right there.
2: They also uh talking about that fight with Shakur and Consey Sal, but I guess that's off the books if he's going to 135. Uh, I mean nothing is for certain, nothing is exact. Words are words until it's done and the fight is in the books, you know, it's all talk.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I've actually met Dante in person. He seemed like a decent guy, but it's like people get behind the the cameras, I guess, and or behind their microphones, and they turn into, like, I don't know what, because what the hell was he doing going at Jacore like that? That made zero sense to me. I I, I was almost going to do an in, a punchlines about it, but then I was like, nah, there's no, no point. No point on that one. That one's a little silly. A little silly on that one.
2: So that's it, guys. Uh, any last words, Kenny? Nah, man. Go listen to KO Kenny All on the Table. It's on the all streaming platforms, and make sure you subscribe to my channel. That is all.
1: This has been another episode of Mano a Mano, all right? This one was 55, I believe, number 55. Hit the like button, please, before you go. Hit that like button, all right? It's free to hit that like button, all right? Also, hit that notification bell, all right? Do that as well, please, all right? Because you want to know every time I go live, because we got Mano a Mano, we've got punchlines, and I'm also doing the daily news, so check that. Out as well. All right. Big up slide tendencies. Before we get up out of here, he says, "Great show." I obviously agree with that, yeah. and uh, I want to wish everyone a great rest yeah. of the week. We'll be here. Oh, yeah. big up to shoe Shine. I believe they're going live later. Yeah. Make sure you check out Tony Pugilism yeah. on the breakdown. Cram, the and that's it, guys. We are out, out of here. Savage,
0: undefeated baggage. Bar. You can be established. A 230's that 69's, you can eat a salad while you feed a phallus. I speak in pallets that compete with graphics. At the speed of cheetah gallops at indecent average. Chopsticks when I be eating garrets. Philippe was eating you can't see the marriage. That's why I started this in Vegas. Proposed to my toast, Neo's married to the Matrix. But I hate this bitch like I'm married to a racist. An addict, so the kilos get buried in the basements. Speed the wagon like Rio's vicarious vivacious, patois noir. But the Creole is basic. So when I'm around them Haitians, I don't even say shit. Last album sounded like I was signed to a spaceship. Brain was on drugs and my eyes was on LASIK. And the shit got legs. I don't think that I can chase it with rocket a Asics. But the next one's coming with cases and witness protection facelifts for the fans. Why hit them with kabams when the germaphobe jab can wash a nigga with hands? I am not in my feelings. I'm in my glands. I am not no bitch. I'm in a trance. Pandemic gimmicks got niggas all in the scams. Panhandling brilliance put lyrics all in their hands. Alan Watts got Watts living without a plan. But I want the smokes while the kitchen ain't got no fans. Ow, 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 ow,